Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest, Gary Thomas, is in the house with Coach Sherm and their program, AVAC Hoyas. We talk hoops, life. Let's dive right in. So welcome to the show, Gary Thomas. What's up, brother? Nothing much, my man. What's going on with you? I'm chilling, man. Who, who's, who got with us? Man, I got my, one of my sidekicks, Kamara Warren, the Sherm. Uh, been on board with me for a few, for about seven or eight years. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right on. Okay, let's get right into it. So basketball with you. Tell me who influenced you in basketball. Well, you know, growing up, I had my idols that I really looked up to. Um, guys in the neighborhood that was playing kind of took us under their wings and taught us the game and worked out with us and trained us. But then I looked at guys like Magic and Kareem and uh, those kind of guys, Worthy and those kind of guys, they influenced, had a lot of influence on me wanting to play basketball and and get more involved in the sport. Um, but I was, a, I was an all-around athlete. I played football, basketball, baseball, ran track, but I kind of started focusing more in, on basketball kind of in my high school years. Okay, so with that, because I love that you, you brought up all the other sports, um, I was a basketball junkie growing up, mm. younger than my son, <clears throat> all the way into high school, um, but I did do track. Do you think the other sport sports helped you become a better ball player? Because now, like with AAU, unfortunately, we, we seem like we just gear only to that because it's such a technical sport you know and you gotta it's highly skilled so like with my son we we do a lot of uh skill training uh we getting up our own buckets we got practice we got a strength and conditioning coach so it's really hard to go to another sport unfortunately and i and i i feel bad for him but i don't want him to skip a beat where now he's having to play catch up catch up but do you think those sports helped you yeah they did help me and and i think i think kind of specializing too early is is not really good for the kids. I think they should explore other things. I know football now we got the concussions yes. and those type of things that maybe, I don't know if tackle football is really what the kids should be doing, but uh, I think the other sports are good because you never know where your real talent is going to lie in. And, and so kids that are, I, for me, baseball, for example, taught me, just hand-eye coordination because there's a lot of skills to hit a baseball coming yes. fast and, you know, you got to be able to hit it. Uh, football, I, I played all positions. Not all positions, of course, but I played, foot, uh, you know, defensive back, defensive end, wide receiver, quarterback, even did a little running back. So I did a lot of different things, and I think it helped me uh, with basketball. Right on. What about you, Sherm? Uh, for me, I played all sports too. I played baseball, basketball, football. Uh, I started playing football though. That was my first sport. And, you know, basketball for me was more of a, a playground and street thing until I got into high school when I started playing organized. But playing football helped me personally transition into basketball because of the physicality part of it, of the game. And then I just had to learn the, the rules as far as you can't run over people. This ain't football, this basketball. So you got to learn, you know, you're going to get a couple charges in the beginning, you know what I mean? 
But once I figured that part out, it was it was simple for me. So going to the hole strong and finishing, it was nothing because I played football. So contact didn't bother me. Nowadays, contact bothers a lot of kids. They 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 don't they don't come up in our generation where, you know, contact is a an in thing. You know, it's kind of kind of an old old nuevo type of thing. They 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 a little scared of it, but. We try to teach them, hey, you got to embrace that, man. It's going to come, so you might as well finish. You're going to get hit. You might as well finish. I love that. Um, my son is sitting here with me, and I talk all the time about contact and not fearing the contact. Um, how do you feel on that subject? Well, you know, the game has changed a lot. When I played, um, it was, you know, the uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the Elijah one, the back to the basket, traditional inside outside game uh but with the more of the european influence and the steph curries and now uh the game has transitioned more to being able to shoot the outside shot being able to defend on the perimeter so bigs are now no longer just um um, defending on the block they got to get out and extend and and be able to move your feet because guards are going to expose them so the game has changed um with that being said, you still had to have a little physicality, like the LeBrons of the world. You got to yes. be able to play outside, but then you got to be able to go inside and absorb contact and finish. And and um, those are more your successful players. Um, but yeah, it is. It has to stretch the game out a little bit. And now you got in order to last, you got to be able to defend. All of, like I said, out on the perimeter, you got to be able to hit the jump shot. So you got the Embiid kind of guys that got to hit the outside jumper, you got KDs, and those are all freaks of nature. And, and But that's what the game has evolved to. Yes. Now, um, skipping gears, um, I know you guys played a little bit of college ball, and I would like for you guys to touch on that subject. Um, but we're really here at your guys' tournament um, this weekend. We're having a lot of fun here over at Ladera Ranch at this AVAC tournament. Um, what made you guys get into not only the AAU part of club ball, and what's your program all about? Yeah, what our thing is, you know, we, we have a – we're tournament-based now. We, we, we have about 55 teams in our AVAC United program, and we have teams, clubs, chapters from San Diego mm -hmm. to Rancho Cucamonga to Palmdale um, to Orange County, Riverside. And so we run several tournaments, probably 30, 40 tournaments a year. Uh, for kids eight, eight, eight and under, second grade, all the way through high school varsity players. And um, the whole thing is to get the kids off the streets, get the kids involved in, in activities, uh, get the kids um, building their confidence, building their self-esteem. Um, and a lot of kids will go play high school, but there are, there are a lot of kids that will never make a high school team or will never play college basketball, yes. but they just want to be normal kids. They want to play. They want to be involved. And so we give that avenue for those kids in addition to the top kids in the country. Okay. Now, through your guys' practices and through your organization, what do you guys touch on the most? Is it skill training? Is it the IQ of the game? Is it the strength and conditioning? Um, what do, you, do you guys touch on all of it, or what, what's your what's your focus? Focus. Well, it's it's hard because we only practice twice a week, okay. so we try to squeeze as much as possible into two days a week, which is hard at 
and two hours, two hour sessions. So we, we really try to encourage them to, to do work outside of what we do twice a week. And we try to get as much in as we can for the times that we have them. Okay, do you guys offer extra avenues for players to develop their like, game? Like individual training or, or uh, sessions like that? Set, yeah, like with my program, we have our two days a week that we, we run our plays and we, we do our own conditioning as a group and as a family. But then I also offer like um, I offer Ryan Rizuki, NBA skill trainer. I offer Jordan Lolly, NBA skill trainer. And then we also offer Alex Johnson, which is our strength and conditioning coach. Those are extra pay payments right. throughout the week. But if you're serious as a parent and if you're serious as a student of the game, right. you go to those avenues well, to get as, better. As busy as we are with doing the tournaments, like Gary only really has time uh, to offer like clinics every now and then or camps, you know, we do try to do during the summer. So we don't have really enough time to do the you know the specialized stuff or, or things on edge because we're so busy doing tournaments all the time. You, you know, let, let me say uh, our my, our main focus is number one, building healthy kids. Perfect. Uh, that that basketball is our tool and it's our hook to get the kids in the gym. Um, but first, our messages to these to these kids are is um, being a better person. And I always tell the kids, if when you leave our program, all you are is a better person, all you are is a better basketball player, then we failed our, in our job. Um, we need to make you a well-rounded person. Um, and then once we can accomplish that and talk about your educational goals, where you're trying to go in life, um, then we can start talking about basketball, skills development, and that type of thing, and becoming coachable and, and um just being a good person. Um, we have camps, we have clinics um, that we do, we offer the kids so they can get some extra work and extra training if they want it. Um, I have a, a one of my guys on my staff that, that does skills development a couple of days a week in addition to our team practices, um, that he uses that to develop their skills, shooting, court awareness, um, how to play the game. And then we have to have our team practice where we actually work on the things that we got to work on to get yes. ready to play in tournaments. Um, so we offer, we offer a wide array of things to the kids. But, again, my very first thing is building a healthy kid. Absolutely. Um, I, I feel the same way. Basketball has, touched, uh, has taught me excuse me, nothing but all kinds of life skills. What has basketball taught you now? Uh, basketball taught me, and basketball has gave, given way more to me than I've given to basketball. Right on. Uh, so it's taught me the, the importance of teamwork, the importance of uh, compromising, um, the, the importance of if you want to be the best, then you really got to put the work in to be the best. Um, you got to train. There are no off days. You have to really put it in. Um, and then one of the big things – from my perspective now of, of being a coach, a program director, and being a tournament director, is building relationships and getting these kids from all walks of life to come together and play. So now we get the kids from the suburbs that can come and play with the kids from the inner cities and, and everything in between, and they can all play, they can all learn about each other, they become more familiar with each other, and 
and and I really believe it helps these kids in society because they're going to have to learn how to deal with different people. They're going to have to learn how to work with people who don't look like you, people yeah. who don't who don't think like you, people from different cultures and norms. So that's what basketball does. And as you can know, as you can see, even at the NBA level, our our game has become global. And the NBA has learned that lesson. So that's why we have games in China and games in in Europe. And, and we've reached out to these different countries. And now you're seeing the NBA is starting to have an influx of those, those, those people. So it shrinks the globe. And, and I think basketball is kind of a uh, – I think sports, period, is kind of a, uh, a, a very good tool to bring people together. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree 100% more. Um, for you, what makes an all-around player? What are three things, three pillars that a student of the game needs to have to be successful? Uh, I would say first is a great attitude. Uh, second would be uh, work ethic. And I would say third, and it kind of falls into the same as the first, is uh, character. You know, a kid that has a great character and conducts himself as a young man is willing to listen you know, it's not a combative type of kid. It's all recipes for making a great player. Beautiful. Well said. Now, with the tournaments, there's good and bad. Now, yesterday um, on social media, someone posted there was a scuffle with some parents, and that does happen. And and you know what? That, that sickens me because I was a student of the game, younger than my son. I, I played the game at a high level, I refed at a high level, and then now I coach. And I have parents that come up to me all the time screaming in my ear during a game, this ref ain't saying this, this ref ain't doing that. Then I see my parents sometimes jawing with the other parents. To me, that it's just a slap in the face to the game. I don't like it. Um, I, I keep my mouth shut with my refs. Um, but then I also see a lot of beauty with it. You know, I, I see like my son, they interact with different teams, like you said, and they, they make other friends besides their friends on their team. And the, besides the friends in San Diego, like they might see teams that we come up to your your, uh, your facility and we they start to begin to become friends with teams that are, are usually in your tournaments. And that's, that's great. Mm -hmm. um, so what is a negative thing that you see and a piece of advice you can give to players and parents and but what's the beauty of the tournaments also that you see? Well, let me try to answer this by uh, I've been in probation, L.A. County Probation Department for 33 years. Okay. I work with gang members. I work with people from all walks of life. And I've seen and known cases where kids have reacted uh rather than thinking about their actions, and it's cost them their lives. Um, so in a tournament, and, I, and it's kind of a shift in paradigm and getting people to see this. Absolutely. That so, so a negative, I try to turn into a positive. Okay. So, for example, I'd rather see a kid lose his temper and do something crazy in one of my tournaments in a safe environment where I can go to this kid and say, hey, you know what, think about that action. Because if you're on the streets and you do that, it may cost you your life. It may be a decision or an impulse that you do out there that there is no coming back from. 
in our tournaments or in our sports when kids do something, typically they're surrounded by positive adults who can go to them and say, you know what, was that the smartest thing to do or could you have done something else? And so you get the kids to think about it. Oh, I love that. And and you get the kids to understand, you know what, I could have done this better. And that could save your life. And so I don't always look at a fight that may occur or two kids get into some pushing and shoving as – even though it's negative in and of itself, but there's a teaching in there, and there's a teaching lesson, and I'd rather see it happen here than it happen in the streets or, or somewhere where there is no coming back. Now, that being said, the flip side of that, that that's an ugly thing that, that, that sickens me, is when adults yes, don't act that's like what I adults. Mean. I, I love the, the, the preaching you were doing on the children. I, that's like you said, that's 100 keeping it right there. But what about the adults? That's what sickens me. And, and then you got to remember some of some of the adults who are parents now, they didn't have any social skills and never learned social skills. And so when you have that, uh, you know, you got to kind of work with the parents too. You got to kind of work with the with the coaches. Uh, the coaches, I've, I'm not sitting here being a hypocrite. I've been kicked out of games before as a young coach. I've, I've had the benefit of doing this over 30 years now. I've been around. Uh, so, you know, I kind of sit back and I've had time to reflect and, hey, is it really worth it in that moment? But And that's where my mentoring to younger coaches, right. younger program directors, young, younger tournament directors, let's think about how we can make this better for everybody. How can we make our sport better? How can we clean it up? Yeah. Uh, so, but, but, but uh, you know, unfortunately uh, – Parents that don't get it are part of it because they are the parents of these kids, and uh, some you got to deal with that. But uh, I I think uh, in any tournament there's going to be something negative that's going to happen. It's a charged environment. People are going to react. People are going to be spontaneous. And if and if you're looking for a perfect tournament, we're not a perfect tournament. I don't think anybody is. There isn't a such perfect tournament, but. I think 95%, 98% of the people who participate in our events walk away with a good feeling. I do. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, and that's the whole thing. So we're going to always have that 2%, 5%. Absolutely. That, that, that no matter what you do, they're never going to be satisfied. And I, I don't get drowned in that 5%. I focus on the 95% that are doing good and that are enjoying the tournament and that are having a positive experience. And at the end of the day, we walk away from here. The kids get some some positive intervention. They learn to play together. They develop their skills. And like I said earlier, most of these kids will go on and play high school and play college and wherever else their God-given talent will take them to. And that's, at the end of the day, what it is, what it, what's most important for me. Right on. Now, it, you got to give a piece of advice to a kid between the ages of my son, 12 to 17, what would that advice be? My advice to any kid uh, in those years would be, number one, get your grades together. Be a a solid citizen. Uh, uh, Work on your social skills. and develop that full character, okay? And after that, then if you want to be a basketball player, you have to you have to become a student of the game. 
you have to be coachable, and you you have to really um, watch those that have gone before you, learn from mistakes, and learn on the things that they're doing well. Um, I, he talked about some of the important things. You have to have court awareness. Uh, you need to work on your speed and agility. You have to work on shooting. The game has gone into that direction. You better shoot the basketball. Yes. Um, and you have to be able to defend. Those are important things um, if you're going to play basketball. That deep to, defense is something that's constant. The offense come and goes. I have guys on my team that I've taught and I've trained. I train shooters, kids how to shoot the basketball. And I relate it to a relief pitcher in baseball. In baseball, you are, you know, you're a relief pitcher, you specialize, and you, one day you go out on the mound, man, you're throwing your best stuff and you're striking everybody out and you getting everybody out. And next time you go out, you are doing the same thing, doing all your best stuff, and they're knocking you all over the field. You just got to keep doing it. You just got to keep playing. So I tell shooters, when, when your shot's not falling, you got to be surprised every time your shot don't fall. Every time I didn't make a shot, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised when I miss this shot. Right. Okay. Um, I got a couple quick questions for you guys. One of them being, what was your favorite basketball move you did growing up? My favorite basketball move, what I would say, is uh, was a jab, rip through, and attack the basket. Okay. Getting to the basket. How about you? Uh, my favorite was on the block, turn around, fadeaway jump shot. Okay. Splash. Oh, splash. Favorite NBA player? You talking about today or you talking about of all time? Both. Uh, my favorite player today, I would have to say, is LeBron. Not so much because of basketball. Number one, he's probably the best basketball player in the world, and I would argue to say he's in the top for my money, two or three ever to play the game. I like that. So, but that's not what makes him my favorite basketball player. My, what makes, what I love about LeBron, he is very socially aware. Yes. Uh, he's give, gives back and, and he recognizes and realizes that he was blessed with a talent and a lot of the blessings that he received were not to him, but through him. Ooh. And I say the same thing. <laughs> I say the same thing. That's, and that's real. The blessings are not always to you, they through you they, to help somebody else. And that's what I like about LeBron when he started his school and his charity giving and all of that. It, it's well documented. So that that's what makes him my favorite player today. Uh, probably one of my favorite players of all time, and that's tough. Um, if you're talking basketball, then I'm gonna have to say Magic or Michael. Okay. But uh, another player that I really loved his character was David Robinson. Oh yeah. The Admiral, very good, socially aware person, and just a good all-around guy. And those are the guys that really appeal to me, um, outside of just being a good basketball player. Okay. How about you? Uh, today, my favorite player is the Freak. Giannis okay. Antetokounmpo. <laughs> the Greek freak, baby. The boy is the boy is amazing, man. That's 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 my favorite player right now. Uh, back in the day, because I grew up in Inglewood, right down the street from the Forum, uh, Laker fan all my life, Magic Johnson. Okay, I can't hate on Magic. Now, 
favorite Jordan shoe ever? We basketball junkies here, so everybody's got to know about some J's. Honestly, uh, I couldn't afford them, so I can't tell you. I, never, <laughs> I couldn't afford them back in the day. But what about now? <laughs> I don't wear them now. They too, they're still too expensive, man. I got three kids, man. I can watch you from Rome. What about you? <laughs> I think I was a little better off than Sherm. <laughs> no, I didn't grow up with a silver, silver spoon, that's for sure. But I, I, I liked uh, the Air Force ones. Okay. Yeah, those I, I like those. Okay, yeah. no problem. Um, so other than that, this is the last question to both of you guys. Uh, you got to leave three core values. You got to write them down, put them in a box. You're leaving this earth. Someone's going to get that box and look at them. What are they going to say? Three core values. Three core values, I would say integrity, um, consistency, and uh, character. Man, I like that. Uh, with that, man, we out. Hey, yes, sir. It, man. Appreciate it. All good, my man. Thank you. Oh, AVAC United, stand strong. This. We AVAC strong, baby. Come and this. check us out. Let me say this, and in, in just in closing, and, and, and I, I've been telling this to my kids, uh, the only time success comes before work is in the dictionary. Check it out. Oh, I love that. Oh, and one, one more thing, one more thing. Where can people reach you guys? AVACHoyas.com or www.AVACHoyas.com. All the information is on the website, contact information, phone numbers, emails, the whole shebang. IG, Facebook, all that too? Uh, not yet, but Gary's working on it. We're working on that. We're building that. We do have an Instagram. Joaquin, you'll talk to him a little later. Joaquin is working on that. Joaquin Hawkins is now our director of basketball operations. Um, check us out. We're, we're, we're all over the place. But right now, if you want to find out anything about our tournaments or anything that we're doing, uh, you can go to www.avacoyers.georgetown.com. All right. Also, you can go to, uh, on Twitter, you can go to hashtag travelballers with a Z. All right. Peace. Peace out. <clears throat>